Hello and welcome to another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. My name is Giacomo. And I'm Danny. And this is our 31st episode. So it's been a little while since we put out a new episode. It's been a long while. How long? Like too freaking long. Yeah, way too long. But I mean, it's it's been for good reason. Um, you know, it's not always the case. Last year was had had many challenges, as I'm sure some of our yeah, listeners... that was one of the last podcast episodes. <laughs> it was like uh, super depressing and downtrodden, and then we just disappeared. Like we're okay, guys. We're not dead. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I can only imagine what people must be thinking. Yeah, so this time around, we've basically been working on Plant Built, and many of you are probably very familiar with it, and I would imagine some, especially the newer listeners, may not be. So we figured, what better way to come back with our next episode than to have a full episode about exactly what we've been doing over the past six months or so. Another thing I think about the podcast is like, we really do want to keep these coming out regularly, and um, the thing is, is it's just like an enormous time suck to edit it. Um, right now, like I wake up, I start working before I even get dressed. We go to the gym in the middle of the day and then I come home and I keep working until I go to sleep basically. Um, and the podcast just between the recording and the editing and the uploading, I mean, sometimes we're looking at like six hours to edit and upload this. So I think, I mean, these are just gonna, in order to keep them coming out in any sort of a reasonable fashion time-wise, we either need to hire somebody which probably ain't going to happen anytime soon anyway, or I'm just going to have to not edit these so much. So, um, I apologize if the quality of, uh, the quality of the podcast in terms of like audio and us stumbling and muttering and saying, um, uh, if that decreases, but hopefully the fact that you will be getting podcasts more frequently will at least partially make up for that and you'll get to realize that we are actually bumbling idiots just like everybody else i was about to say i could get a little better about speaking like coherently instead of in sentence fragments and umming and muttering all the time right i mean i, I could work on that i suppose yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i got you for to edit me and make people think that i sound good right mm-hmm. anyway um yeah but i think another one of the reasons why we don't um while we don't have an episode every two weeks like we initially intended upon, is we don't want to just put out info for the sake of it. I mean, whatever we put out, we want to make sure it's a topic we really want to talk about, too. That we want to talk about, that people actually want to hear about. But I think part of this, like, when you work in this industry for a long time, there's a lot of stuff that we take for granted that, like, yeah, well, people already know this, so I'm not going to go talk about it. Like, they could find it literally anywhere. Um, but, you know, people do come to us looking for information, and if we haven't put it out there... Uh, you know, I understand that other people don't necessarily know all of the things that we think may be obvious. So with that said, guys, if you want to hear these podcasts more frequently, like you got to throw ideas at us because we suck at coming up with these ideas, but like we could talk about literally anything. (laughs) Like, uh, if, if someone else were to start a conversation, we could talk about it all day long, but Um, To just sit here and be like, oh, well, I think this week we should talk about blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's actually a lot harder than you would think. And like kudos to people who come up with new ideas every week for like podcasts and blogs and YouTube videos and all that shit because I can't. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, let's move on from here. Yeah. 
Definitely. Now, aside from work and Plampo, before we get into that, why don't we just you know catch up with everybody and let them know what we've been up to, um, training wise. How about you, Danny? Um, well, I think that the last time we did a podcast, I had already told people that I decided not to compete in bodybuilding this year. And it's because last year uh, just sucked so much on so many fronts. It was just not the productive off season that I was hoping for it to be. And I'm not naive enough to believe that even though I took a year off from competing, that that necessarily means that I made uh, the appropriate type of gains that I was hoping to in order to come back and be a better competitor. And I don't want to diet down for 20 weeks and look like the exact same competitor I was last year. Um, I want to be in this sport for a long time and I want to keep getting better and better and better. And to diet and put my body through all that stress just to be almost identical to the way I was the year before, that seems... Um, stupid and like a waste of valuable building time. And also, uh, I don't think that it speaks very well for veganism to not present your absolute best package on stage. Like if you're going to go out there and be like, hell yeah, I'm vegan. Like if you're going to compete in bodybuilding, you should, you, you better be proud of that package you're bringing. Otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't do much justice for veganism because there's a lot of people just looking to poke holes in you um, to be like, oh, yeah, well, if that's what vegans look like on stage, count me out. Uh, so I take that very, very seriously personally. And I just always want to beat my former self and I wasn't going to be able to. So since I made that decision, um, I actually began working with Alberto Nunez of 3DMJ, which was like, a huge dream come true type of thing because I love 3DMJ. They put out some of the best content in natural bodybuilding uh, and powerlifting that there is, right? Period. I would say so. And um, you don't get to, if you if you sign up with 3DMJ, you don't get to pick your coach. Like they just, <laughs> Jack was mad. Yeah, I'm giving they, you think I... They just, they, they like assign you a coach and I was very, very lucky to be assigned uh, mm-hmm. uh, Birdo and... Um, he has sort of like breathed some fresh life into not only my training, but also in my uh, confidence in some of the bigger name trainers that exist out there. I've found from working with several uh, pretty big names in the industry that there's a lot of coaches who are willing to take your money, but they don't really give a shit. Uh in a lot of ways. And I was just starting to think like the whole friggin' industry was like that. And, uh, it is, it is like night and day. I feel so lucky to be having a coaching experience with somebody else that provides the same level of service that I feel like I give to my athletes as a coach. Right. And he's been at it for a very long time. You know, I mean, he was on the bodybuilding.com forums when all this information was like, breaking Mm -hmm. over a decade ago and he's been coaching and he has a following but at any rate uh he's not vegan nobody on the 3dmj team is vegan but uh he's been very supportive of me being vegan and also like just as general natural bodybuilding powerlifting content uh they have a podcast it's friggin amazing uh they have a youtube channel it's awesome like i can't say enough good things about these guys and uh yeah if you haven't checked them out check them out out if this is the type of stuff that you're into yeah for sure uh it's been very eye-opening and interesting watching our paths uh, because we compete the last time we both stepped on stage we it was like literally the same exact competition season about two Mm -hmm. years ago and our approaches 
exiting the and correct me. I just this is just my thoughts about how it went down, but um, the two of us had somewhat different approaches, and I, I sort of followed exit your, strategies. Yeah, that's gotcha. what I meant. Thank you. Um, so the the exit strategy that I took was like I'm going into an extended off season. I took your advice. You know, I wanted to bring a different package. So I immediately said to myself that I'm not stepping on stage next year. I'm not stepping on stage in two years. I'm, I'm going to take a minimum of three years of just straight building, um, you know, while keeping a good amount of my conditioning too. So I'm in good striking distance. Um, as far as your approach was concerned, I think it was a little more open-ended with your exit strategy. And it was interesting. It, it was just interesting to note that because, and I, and I think part of it had to do with the fact that your your package was so close to being a package that could win an overall at many competitive shows. And I think in your mind, maybe you were thinking to yourself, like, should, you know, I should go for this again, uh, maybe next year or the year following until I take a couple of years off and build. Yeah, absolutely. Like I knew I didn't need to bring a completely new package. Like, ugh, man, I've come in second for the overall, like, three times mm -hmm. three freaking times yeah. uh that sucks like to be so close uh in really competitive shows too like you said like big shows there was that one show like the judges were deliberating for like 15 oh. freaking minutes on the two yeah. like who are we gonna award it was a toss-up i mean there don't get me wrong there have been times where i've you know, gotten called out for the overall and I'm going against the short winner. Yeah. Like I'm the tall winner and I'm going against the short winner. And it's just like, I congratulate them before we even go out. <laughs> like, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> you, you got this one kid. <laughs> Cause I know that they just swept the floor with me, but that show was particularly tough because it was so close. Like it could have gone either way. I think her and I were really neck and neck, but anyway, the point was I don't need to bring a completely different package. I just, needed to tweak a few things, grow a few things a little bit, like work on the depth of my back because the width of it is fine. Um, shoulders a little bit and just hone in on the conditioning side of things because conditioning is my weakness for sure. Um, but the symmetry, the shape, that's all there. So I thought I could do it in a year and maybe I could have, but it, it didn't happen. I wasn't physically or mentally in the right state to start prepping. And as hard as it was to make that call, um, I think it was, I think it was like the most mature thing that I could have done. I gotta say, I I always have admired your decision making process and the fact that you are constantly experimenting and ready at any given point in time to reverse gears and change and do what's needed to do to continue progressing as an athlete. Um, and this particular off season was not the exception. I mean, just. Watching you be able to shift your decision, like, I mean, if I recall correctly, you were pretty much on your way to getting into prep. I mean, it oh, was yeah. like, you were ready to pull the trigger, like, mm -hmm. within a week or two, like, that's it, I'm going to start prepping and I'll compete at Plant Build. Yep, so that was shortly after I started working with Birdo, and he knew that I wanted to compete in June, mm -hmm. and we started working together in, like, October, I think, and, um, you know, he was ready, I was ready, and then, you know, come the new year, I was just like this is not the look I wanted like at the end of the off season. Yeah. This is not what I wanted. My, I wasn't significantly stronger anywhere. And that was the big thing for me is like looking at a picture, looking at a video or at a mirror, like it's subjective. Do I look better? Do I look worse? Like it's hard to tell, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
but I knew that my performance in the gym was not improving the way that it should have been. And, uh, once I really sort of came to terms with that, that, you know, if your performance isn't increasing in the gym, guess what? You're not building muscle. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It sucks, but it's true. Um, and I wasn't, so I decided not to, uh, we did a little bit of a mini cut. I could talk all about that. Uh, (laughs) all of the trials and tribulations that happened during that mini cut, which once we did that, I realized like, oh yeah, I totally made the right call not prepping right now because the way my body responded to dieting, even just for like an eight week period was just like, F you, Danny. No, <laughs> we will not lose fat. And mm. I've never encountered that before yeah. in my life. And it was, a, uh, I think it was incredibly related to the stress of just the last year. And I don't think people take into account, like people a lot of times think they're going to prep and their life is going to get better. And, uh, you know, people turn to a prep in order to sort of deal with problems that have nothing to do with prep in their life. Like if I can just look this way, things will be better. And, uh, if you're in a stressed out shitty situation to start with, um, you're not going to reach that physique that you're hoping for in the first place. It's not that kind of an outlet. Yeah, for sure. And stress or no stress, ultimately, especially as the returns diminish, as you start training years and years, um, consistently, you you have to take the time off. There's just no possible. You can't you can't make gains when you're dieting down constantly, and your metabolism is just gonna eventually start um, rejecting what you're trying to do if you're constantly dieting. Um, and it's interesting to look at genetics and just how much they can vary. Like you know, for you, it's uh, you were saying your weakness is conditioning, but your strengths are size and symmetry. For me, it's the opposite. For me, conditioning is my strength, but size and symmetry. Um, that's where I lack. And so, um, anyway, that, that's been my, my approach this off season was like, yeah, I'm, I, I knew that I was not close enough to winning an overall to, to be able to compete year after year. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. You're right, Danny. Let's take those three, four years off. And that's what I did. Um, but here's the thing with me. Um, I have a very competitive spirit. Uh, I've always, I mean, I've taken five, 10 years off at a time um, from fitness, just work, whatever, life, stress. Um, but ever since I've, I was at a very young age, I've always been into the competitive aspect of sports, whether it was tennis, baseball, handball, what have you, racquetball, having to accept the fact that I want to be a one-sport athlete so I can do that one sport incredibly well. Um, uh, you know, my biggest issue would be not competing. Like, how do I, how did I, how would I satisfy my competitive spirit? And so I decided, let me embark on powerlifting, especially after my, my buddy Scott Shetler and Jason Morris were harassing me, telling me that bodybuilders aren't strong. I'm like, listen, we're going to have to squash that, that myth, that theory. Anyway, and I found powerlifting to be incredibly rewarding. And I think that when done properly and when you do enough accessory work, that it actually, you don't have to sacrifice your bodybuilding goals. And furthermore, like Danny was saying, it can be tough to see the changes in your physique when you're competing year after year, or even if you're not competing, when your your body isn't changing as rapidly as it was when you get those newbie gains. Um, but with powerlifting, the focus is taken off physique entirely. The focus is on strength. How much did you put on the bar today? And how much are you going to put on the bar tomorrow? And you just focus on getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And from a bodybuilding standpoint, you put the accessory work in. So you're continuing to you know, grow your body the way you want to in the process. Um, and anyway, that's kind of where, where I've been at. 
but I feel like we've, you know, we've kind I of... I think we've, like, covered that in episodes before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you just kind of been doing your thing since the last podcast. Pretty much. Which is cool, because you've been getting real strong. Yeah, it's been fun, you know? Um, and we got some other stuff going on, but, I, you know, we could see that for another episode, what's happened in our personal life. I, I, I'm pretty excited, actually, to talk about Plant Bill, because, I mean, we're 30 episodes plus deep right now, and we have not mentioned um this this project to you well we've mentioned plant built plenty of times but we've never really gone into depth about what it is exactly um all right so Giacomo what's plant built plant built is something it was it started off as an idea back in uh, late 2012 um and the idea actually birthed from an even earlier idea but I'll get into that in a second so basically we used to live in Portland Oregon Mm mm-hmm and so we got a lot of, you know, our buddies and out there. We were out there visiting um, with some of our vegan fitness friends. And uh, we went out for pizza. And we started, you know, just chatting away. I mean, it was, we didn't really, it wasn't like a business meeting or anything, I guess is my point. Um, and we started talking about how cool it would be if we can, well, I think someone, maybe it was Ed or somebody was talking about like having a vegan directory online with coaches and trainers. And then we started to, to take these ideas and be that like... That was Jason. It was Jason. That was Jason. Gotcha. Jason Morris, yeah. Okay. So Jason was talking about a director, and, and then we started saying, well, wait a minute. You know, like, remember when, when uh, Robert Sheik was getting together a couple athletes at a time, you know, to compete on stage? Um, and we're like, yeah, that was awesome. I was like, what if we sort of tried to continue that, you know, carry the torch, if you will, uh, especially now that so, we're, we're so much more connected, because back in the day, social media wasn't really a thing. Um, and now there's so many more vegans out there putting themselves out there competing. So long story short, we just, we, you know, hit up all of our friends and we're like, Hey, bodybuilders, it was bodybuilder specific at the time, our first year in. And we said, why don't we compete together? You know, at the same place at the same time. So we looked around and we found the naturally fit. I don't think it was called the games at the time, but the naturally fit super show, right? No, it was called the games and now it's the super show. Gotcha. Okay. So the Naturally Fit Games in 2013, there was 14 of us. Um, and we went out there and we did our thing and we competed. And surprisingly enough, every single one of us placed. Every single person took home a trophy. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was it was amazing. And uh, I mean, we, we knew it was a pretty special idea and we were really excited about it. Um, but we had no idea just how much it was going to blow up. You know what I mean? You never really know until you put yourself out there. And I distinctly remember um, creating like a Facebook fan page when, right around the time we competed. And it went from like zero to 3,000 almost overnight. It was crazy. Um, yeah, good luck getting people to like your fan page now. <laughs> Seriously. Algorithms. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, my point is that it was an idea that took off and the community was riding behind it. And we were like, all right, we got to keep doing this thing. Um, so that was our it first was year like in. first of all i would like to point out mm-hmm. that the first year that we did plant built was literally like the most magical thing that had ever happened like it was just 14 of us but it was like holy shit like 14 vegans like that are this into fitness and it was like everybody that showed up like brought it to everybody mm-hmm. brought it and um it was just like i always liken it to that uh What's the band? The 90s video? Uh, 
all I can say is my life is pretty strange. That's what you're talking about. Blind yeah. Melon? Yes, Blind mm-hmm. Melon with the little girl bumblebees. that's a bumblebee. And she's looking around for all her, like, to feel fit, like she fits in. And at the end, she finds all her bumblebee people. Like, I felt like I had found my bumblebee people. And it was, <laughs> it was so fantastic. Um, and we knew that we had created something really special. So uh, we decided to keep going with it. And the next year, we decided we were going to add CrossFit and powerlifting because those are also sports where, um, you know, being vegan is kind of like frowned upon or almost looked at as an oxymoron because they're strength-based sports. Um, So we actually had people apply to be on Plant Built, and that was a nightmare. Uh, I won't even get into that, but we had, we did not expect to have many applicants, and we had so many applicants that we had to like we had to vote we had like the 14 people from the year prior like we got to vote on these people because we can only fill so many spots because it was just Giacomo and I running it and uh, it's not an easy thing to run at all because it's not just like a free-for-all it's a very organized event Um, and we ended up increasing the team to how many people the second time around, I feel like it was almost double the size, maybe 25, 30 of us. Yeah, I would say it was 30 of us. Yeah, and that was um, that was 2014. No. Yes. 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 That was 2014. <laughs> and uh, again, we came out and uh, we just, everybody did so amazingly. That was uh, also actually, that, that I, I would say that was the coolest year. So far. Yeah. So far, that's been the coolest year. And another hallmark about that year, it was the first time that we had decided as an organization to raise funds. And uh, we raised the funds not only for our own vegan outreach within Plant Built, but for uh, a vegan outreach organization outside of us. And this came from so many people emailing us being like, wow, what you guys are doing is so inspiring and spreading the message about veganism so much. How can I help? Uh And we got so many messages like that, uh, that we decided to start a fundraiser to one, raise funds to make these, these meetups possible, Mm -hmm. uh, raise funds so that we could do our own outreach to other, you know, farm sanctuaries, other vegan outreach groups Mm -hmm. doing outreach in different kinds of ways. And then also to create things to give back to people who wanted to support plant built, but couldn't necessarily be on the team, um, so that they could have their own plant built gear to walk around and represent this plant-built lifestyle. Exactly. And, e- and even that year alone, we were able to donate out around $8,000 to, to three 12, farm sanctuaries. $12,000. $12,000 to three farm sanctuaries and uh, the Our Hen House podcast, which is another vegan podcast. That mm-hmm. they're, That's their way of outreach. So incredibly rewarding. I just, especially when it became a reality after the fundraiser. Um, and then, of course, when we did it uh, the, the third time around in 2015. Mm-hmm. We That's de- when we went international. Yes. And we decided let's keep this fundraising thing going. As much work as it was, which it was, yeah. it is, um, we decided that it was just too much of a special thing to, to not continue doing. Um, and yes, Danny, we went, we went international. Um, because there were more, there were people reaching out to us now that were not just in the United States. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like... A uh, little Miss Bikini Bottom in Indiana that wanted to be on Plant Built. This was people reaching out to us from Australia, Germany, um, New Zealand, Canada. Like we were getting messages from, and some messages that like we couldn't even respond to because we couldn't translate them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like messages from people all over the place like hey check out what i'm doing i'm this badass vegan athlete too and we'd look at them and be like holy shit they are a pretty badass vegan athlete actually it'd be cool to have them come out here yeah and at that point after the the last year when we had uh we were taking applications we decided that we had to just we can't no it was too heartbreaking to say yes to some people and no to other people because Mm -hmm. we really wanted everybody yeah but we can't like we can't manage it we grew faster than we could uh keep up with exactly i get i I think the word i'm looking for is prospecting we had to just keep our eyes peeled to the social medias and see who was putting themselves out there and you know just sort of pick and choose as best as we possibly could the other thing that we would do is as we would expand the size of our team we would expand the sports that once Mm -hmm. again that we competed in so last time around we added kettlebell and that became an easy decision as far as um, as far as who we added, we had to. We, what we wanted to do was try to even out the numbers per team. We started off as a very body, bodybuilding heavy bodybuilding, mm-hmm. and there. Let's face it, you know the bodybuilders like they love putting themselves out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, guilty as charged. So you know there's and plus you know there's a platform veganbodybuilding.com because of Robert. It's been it's existed but far before any other vegan sport strength right. sport was out mm-hmm. there. So there was just tons. The pool was like unlimited, basically. But the other sports, it was a little harder to come by. Um, and I think that's changing now. And I, I'd like to yeah. think that in some small part, Plant Bolt is playing a role in that. I would say that it is. Uh, yeah. So 2015, we brought athletes from Australia, New Zealand, Germany. Um, and part of the fundraiser helped to cover their costs to get out here mm-hmm. because they had way more uh, expenses. Yep. to get over here than the people who lived in driving or even just flying distance within the States. Um, so it helped to bring a whole different um, light to the competition that we brought to the Naturally Fit Games. And I should explain, because a lot of people don't understand this. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten this question a lot, so I guess I should clarify. This is not a vegan competition. We don't go out and, like, a lot of people think this is a vegan bodybuilding show, mm-hmm. and it's not. The whole point is that we take our team and we go compete in these events with all these other people, most of whom are not vegan. The first year, we only made up 10% of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and to date, I think we make up even less than that now. Right, because the, the show's grown so much. There's around 1,000 competitors, roughly, Yeah, I and there's say. like 50 of us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so we make up a very small amount, but that's the point, is that like when we first come in the venue, and it's a huge venue... We come in the venue, we have our vegan muscle team hoodies on, and when we walk in, everybody starts to like snicker at us because we're this big group of people with vegan hoodies on. Like, I'd probably snicker at us too if I saw us. Um, In the morning, we walk in, they're laughing at us and like whispering about us and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the day, as we collect all of our trophies and medals and awards to, you know, haul out for the evening, by then... Uh, we've turned a lot of heads and we have a lot of people saying, oh, well, tell me more. Tell me more about this vegan thing you're doing because obviously you guys aren't hurting at all. And uh, that's the point of what we do. This is not to see who is the best vegan athlete like me. Maybe someday there will be enough of us that that kind of a competition will exist. But we go to a massive show full of other people and compete in various sports against non-vegans. And, uh, you know, most of the people who come out to these shows, they're decent athletes. So it's definitely a fair playing field. And these are all natural events. This is critical. Guys, 
plant built is not on drugs okay who said that <laughs> it happens all the time online someone will share pictures of plant built and someone will be like are steroids vegan and it's like oh jesus like don't get me wrong i'm sure i'm sure there are vegans that are on steroids without question i'm sure there are some vegans that are taking uh drugs and performance enhancing drugs but not we us. compete we compete in tested federations only it is called the naturally fit super show we are polygraphed and we are urinalysis if we win so yes plant built we're natural athletes <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clarifying not a problem and uh i think the cool part about that last time we got together in 2015 was not only were we well received within the audience like the spectators and whatnot but the organization itself every single year they've continued to work closer and closer with us and we've Mm -hmm. we've gained the respect of um of the organizers of the show and they're so freaking supportive of what we're doing and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we we have a lot of integrity with what we do. I mean, yeah. we're not looking to go out there and to act like a bunch of jerks and to, you know, like do some like name calling and just be like loudmouthed. All we do is we go out, we wear our signage, uh, and quietly we just lead by example and try to perform as as best as we possibly can. And I think it, you know, it really matters um, as far as the way that you hold yourself in the competitive. Oh, arena. absolutely. You know, one hundred percent. You have to show up and and compete and perform with with uh dignity and class and Mm -hmm. uh humility yes um and you know we're very very careful about the way that we conduct ourselves because we never want to come off as like the vegan douchebag crew right on and off the platform or stage or Mm -hmm. wherever your competition lies um but this was like the last time around it was this was going on year after year three years in a row that we did this and Mm -hmm. we you know our team was just blowing up i mean that time around we were almost 40 of us yeah and it's like, how much bigger we... I mean, the goal was to continue to get bigger and to continue to add more sports, more athletes from more places. But it's like, how can you keep doing that? Yeah. And I mean, again, it's just Giacomo and myself mm-hmm. running it. And we do have some volunteers on the team who are like absolute godsends to us. But it's just the two of us. It's a it's a nonprofit that's in our name. So we have to be very, very careful with the way these things are done because God forbid anything go wrong, this will come back to bite us in the ass. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with running a nonprofit uh, of this size that's like creating apparel and sending it out to people and donating money from our nonprofit to other nonprofits. Like, guys, this is a lot of paperwork. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, you know, we just, we cannot grow faster than Giacomo and I can keep up with. And, uh, there's, there's no money in this. So we have to do this and also maintain our income, um, outside of plant built, uh, because, you know, we take in a lot of money in through the fundraiser, but I mean, that's gone almost as quickly as it comes in between Mm -hmm. creating the perks for people, um, making the event itself happen in Texas and then donating anything else we get back out. So there's no, like, there's no paycheck. So we definitely, you know, we have to make sure that we can keep doing it um, and growing at a rate that we can keep up with while we still, you know, do our jobs as well. So. Exactly. And so we had decided back in 2015 that going forward, we would continue onward with this mission, but instead of doing it annually, 
we would start doing it biannually. So we have not gotten together since 2015, but fast forward to today, and we're like, what now, five weeks out? From five competing. weeks out. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe it. <laughs> and, you know, if you do something a couple of years in a row, and it's like you, you take for granted the experience, and it's like, oh my gosh, I, it's, it's sort of exciting to see this happening again. Yes. Um, this year, of course, we, in, in continuing with the spirit, we're adding more uh, international athletes to the team. And another team. And another team. Olympic weightlifting. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> it's like just one big mess sometimes. But yeah, um, We're going to have a really cool Olympic weightlifting team, actually. I'm pretty excited. I know absolutely nothing about Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Like, hey, I can front squat. Like, that's what I got. So uh, it's really cool to watch. Um, I mean, this is literally people just throwing around massive amounts of weight. It's pretty impressive to look at. I would say so. Scary, but, and also impressive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm definitely enamored by the sport. It's, it's highly technical. I would say Mm -hmm. it uh, stands out amongst other uh, barbell specific sports. I would say in just how much time you need to apply to technique in and of itself, as opposed to strength, endurance or power. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very excited for the Olympic the Olympic weightlifting team. I'm very excited for the fact that we've branched out now to Asia. Thanks uh, in large part to Luke Tan from Evolved. He moved out to Singapore, Luke and Emily, I should say, and congrats on um, becoming parents. Baby. Yeah, baby Sienna. Woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get her a little plant pillature, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. So, um, so we have athletes from Singapore now. Um, Anastasia joined us from, she's from Germany, but she's, Lives in the UK a lot of the time, but right now she's in like Costa Rica or something. I don't even know. (laughs) She's amazing. We've had her on the show before. Anastasia, she's a badass. Uh, She's a very, very intelligent, strong, badass vegan athlete. Yeah. Um, So anyway, uh, and and also keeping with the spirit, we've decided to once again fundraise. And uh, and our fundraiser launched uh, about a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty exciting. It's it's so far uh, so good. It's it looks like it's being well received. Yeah, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we want to you know tell you a little bit about that. And um, should you feel compelled to check it out, we can you know include a link in the description of this podcast um, for you to find it. Because it's only gonna. I mean, we're only doing this till what May fifteenth, I think. Yeah, May fifteenth would be the last day of the fundraiser. Um, so I guess let's tell you a little bit about this this year's team and kind of how you know where the funds go. Um, so as of now, we ha- we are competing in bodybuilding, CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, and kettlebell sport. We're about evened out with the number of athletes on every single team, which is pretty awesome. So all in all, there's about forty five of us mm-hmm. right now. Um, and, you know, I, I know Danny mentioned that in addition to the money we donate out, in addition to the, the perks, like the apparel that we make available to the public so we can all promote the message together, there are funds that need to be applied to the event itself to make it successful. Um, and I sort of wanted to explain a little bit about how that works. So, you know, with a group this large, it's a really special gathering and get together. And we, what we do is we want, we try to get professional media um, to be, document it, to document it, because to, that is how we spread more messages. Like the videos of the whole team together um, are very impactful for a lot of people to watch. So we try to have professional videographers, professional photographers out there to document us trying to kick some ass 
um, in a way to show other people what is possible as a vegan athlete. Exactly. And we also do help subsidize some of the costs for international athletes to fly out here because let's face it, an international flight is pretty pricey. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that we see it is that, you know, there's only so much connecting that can be done on social media and call us old school, but I feel like there's no substitute for face-to-face connection. Um, And to have have so many different athletes from all over the world, uh, from various sports, connect in person, I think something special happens out of that. And when we go back to our respective countries and we're still together online, you know, eventually more and more awesome things get created as a result. So it may seem a little exorbitant when we say, hey, well, you know, we need these international athletes because it's like, well, a vegan athlete is a vegan athlete. Why don't just get the ones from the States? But it's like, no, you know, we really, we feel very strongly about connecting the community on a global level, but to do it locally and in person and to perform together. I don't think there's any substitute for it or anything else out there like it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's such an important mission. So if you feel compelled to, um, to check that out, um, you know, do, do take a look at our fundraiser and it'll give you a better idea of, of exactly what we're doing and what we're all about. And I mean, there are other uh, expenses at the meetup itself. I mean, a group of 45 people um, plus, you know, a lot of people have a companion that they brought with them on this trip. It's a large group of people that we need to move from point A to point B to point C, all on a certain schedule. Um, lots of meetings happen at that time. We have to have uh, vans that will will drive us all around, buses even, um, you know, and those definitely come with expenses as well. Um, I will say that the athletes cover the vast majority mm-hmm. of their own costs, like a lot of people sometimes think this fundraiser covers, you know, the athletes' flights or the athletes' hotel or the athletes' uh, registration fees. And the athletes, with the exception of the international athletes' flights only, um, which we pay for a portion of, everybody else covers all their own stuff, uh, all their own registration, their own uh, lodging, their own everything, basically. Um so, you know, every single athlete on the team is paying out of pocket quite a, a large amount of money to be there. Um, this, the, the fundraising money that goes towards the event itself is for things like the plant-built booth that we set up at the Naturally Fit show. Mm-hmm. So we have to pay to have a booth there, but that booth becomes a hub for people who happen to see us at the show, want to know more about what the heck it is we do. So they come up and they say, what is with all these vegan shirts I'm seeing everywhere? And there's people behind the booth to sort of, you know, uh, inform people about what it is we're doing, where they can learn more. Um, you know, what are, what are some of, what are some of the other things? At the event itself? Yeah. Well, you know, we have gatherings as a group, um, you know, at the, the gyms gym. that we have to train at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have to pay for those gyms that we're training at. And a lot of times we do our photo shoots there. So uh, there, there are a lot of small costs that you don't think of until you're actually there. But after doing it for the first year, we, you know, realized how much this actually costs in actuality and, uh, hence the fundraising. Right. And then of course, you know, we're going to be donating funds outward again this right. year. The vegan outreach group that we chose was mercy for animals. Yep. And we chose animal sanctuaries, two animal mm-hmm. sanctuaries, Poplar, Poplar Springs, mm-hmm. which is in Maryland. And the other one is Earth Sanctuary in Illinois. And these, we always try to find sanctuaries that 
um, one are in line with our vegan ethics because there are a lot of uh, animal sanctuaries out there that are not necessarily like vegan focused. Um, a lot of times it's like rescued uh, domestic animals, for example. Those are technically animal sanctuaries, but they, um, you know, aren't usually in line with our vegan ethics. So we try to find uh, farm sanctuaries that are in line with our vegan ethics and also are small enough that our donation will actually help them significantly. Precisely. Like, we love farm sanctuary. Uh, we love Woodstock Sanctuary in New York. But, you know, donating $3,000 to one of those sanctuaries isn't going to make nearly the difference that donating $3,000 to a much smaller sanctuary would. You know, that can make or break a small farm sanctuary, whereas the larger ones, they absolutely need funds. Please keep donating to them. But um, it's not quite the same. Right, exactly, because it's coming from one donor. But, I mean, they're large farm sanctuaries for a reason because they have lots of animals and and that requires lots of land and upkeep. And Mm -hmm. without the collective donating to them, they would also be in trouble. So yeah, by no stretch of the imagination is a small um, farm sanctuary more important than a large one. It's just that we're donating. It's just that without donations Mm -hmm. to a smaller farm sanctuary, um, they could fail in the first year. Yes. You know? So, and uh, anyway, um, so I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about what exactly we give back to those who donate. And I guess I'll just pull up the fundraiser myself over here so I can take a look at it. So I guess it's it's no surprise that there's a huge markup on apparel in general. Um, you know, for, I can use this as an example, for us to make a t-shirt um, on American-made t-shirts, um, you know, and uh, to buy the t-shirt and get it printed on costs. Around 11 bucks. Okay, and most t-shirt companies will sell that for... 25, 30? 25 or 30, which which is fair. There's a lot of work that goes into it, uh, absolutely. But with the fundraiser, um, you know, there there is no profit. Whatever would be called profit is what we are taking and dispersing to um, the things that we just talked about. So because of that, you actually get some pretty cool stuff um, for less than it would cost you to buy each piece individually yeah and since we're talking about the apparel it's it's more than it's more than just the fact that you know there is no profit involved that it's all donation um it's the fact that we uh motive clothing company mm-hmm. um run by linwood he he does this all for us um at a very competitive price because he knows that the funds are going to a good cause yeah linwood is great he's a vegan his wife sarah preston she's actually on the plant-built team on the powerlifting team she used to own a vegan bakery called x's and o's you guys might have heard of her and linwood runs motive clothing company so he prints on clothing and he gives us an enormous discount because he's vegan because he's in the movement um, so we're able to do one better with the stuff that we're able to give back to the community here. Yeah, and, and thank you, Linwood. For, I mean, like the guy works his ass off for like a week straight with others helping out, and it's like pretty much he's doing all the work uh, pro bono. Yeah, I would say for the most part. He's probably part. just covering his costs. I would think so. Mm-hmm. So we have the shirt, we have the hoodie. This is our third fundraiser, and every time we do the fundraiser, we try to come up with a new design. Uh, this year, the feedback was like, I want something um, that's like simple and straightforward in terms of the design on it. So this year, the design is, it just says, build strength, eat plants. And uh, it's pretty straightforward. It'll uh, 
It'll definitely get some attention. And of course, it has Team Plant built on the back. And we also, we offered this last year at the $200 level, but we decided this year to offer it at the $100 level because it's really cool. Um, it is a plant-built gym bag. And it's a decent size. I would say it's like a medium-sized duffel bag. It's not one of the really small ones, but it's not the huge one either. It's like a medium size. It's got lots of pockets in it, and it just says plant-built vegan muscle team on it. Um, so that's a really cool way to represent as well. Yep. Um, and then in addition to that, um, all, all of us as a team, you know, we want to share with you our, um, the way that we train and the way that we eat and the type of mu music that we enjoy listening to that hype us up and keep us motivated at the gym. So what we do is um, we all submit a recipe. We all submit our favorite workout and we submit our favorite song. And by doing this, we're able to create a motivational mix that will be available for download for those who contribute at the $100 level, in addition to everything else, um, as well as uh, an ebook an e with recipes and an ebook with workouts from every single team member that is competing this year. Um, and then we have a, a For the Animal sticker, which was the print on the back of the shirts from 2015. It's so cool. Simone Collins designed it. It says For the Animals, and it's like written in gym equipment. It's just like a really, really cool logo. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty excited that the team came up with it last time around. I didn't have the heart to like not include it somewhere. Like, can right. we just like do this again? Because <laughs> like love this design. <laughs> yeah, but we figure everybody has a plant-built sticker at this point. So we wanted to give a new sticker this year. I would say so. Um and then finally, uh, Jeff Palmer from Clean Machine came through big time this year. He's actually Plant Built's uh, number he, one sponsor. Yes. Well, his his brand is Clean Machine. Clean Machine is just, I have seen Jeff over the past couple of years just dedicate his entire life to engaging with the community and fostering more community mm -hmm. within the, the vegan world and bringing so many more people in with uh, with his brand and with his heart, really putting himself out there, just speaking engagements, educating, uh, pioneering and researching and finding the best possible supplements, the cutting edge ones and putting them out um, on the market. And I'm just I'm just like beside myself with everything that Jeff has done. And I'm we've been so blessed to be able to work with him closely with our store with vegan proteins. Um, and now with Plant Built. And the cool thing about Jeff is, I mean, even though he wasn't the title sponsor in previous years, he still contributed and donated a lot to other fundraisers. You know, like he, he was offering uh, he was offering things with every single donation to uh, to our fundraiser um, in like 2015. Like since year one, mm -hmm. right? Since year one. Yeah, mm -hmm. just about. Um, Not to mention, Jeff is, I'm not going to get his actual age right, age right but... I know he can, he's competed in masters before, so he's definitely over 40 mm -hmm. and he's been vegan for like over 30 years. He's been vegan for like since before, uh, it was like word. called vegan <laughs> by most people. He, when he went vegan, he didn't even have a word for it at the time. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just very impressive, uh, very impressive athlete, very impressive as a supplement creator as well. He's got a lot of integrity in the stuff that he puts out. And I admire that a lot because, uh, most supplement companies don't <laughs> have that kind of integrity. Yep. And speaking of his supplements, he's got a brand new protein powder on the, that's not even on the market yet. It's going to mm -hmm. launch, I think, uh, in July, maybe or somewhere along those lines, but he's offered to include clean machine protein, which is sourced from lentine, which is
which we can tell you a little bit about. We don't know too much about it yet. We haven't even tried it. It's from it. lupini beans. Yes. It's a protein powder made from lupini beans, which is uh, completely brand. You know, I've tried a lot of different protein powders. Never heard of lupini bean protein powder, which he's calling lentine. Apparently, it has um, higher, a better amino acid profile than um, soy or lentils. Um, so really, really excited to see this when it comes out. Um, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a game changer in plant-based proteins. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but you guys are going to be some of the first people to try it, uh, if you donate to this fundraiser. So I think it's just going to be in vanilla, right? I believe so. And the cool thing about it is not only will it have the best amino acid profile of any protein, um, powder on the market. It's also considered a superfood from my understanding. So it's vitamin, it's rich in vitamins and minerals too. Yeah, that is interesting because most uh, protein powders are, you know, they're very high in protein, but they're not particularly high in vitamins. So, yeah. So anyway, every single person that donates $100 or more from now through May 15th will also get a month's supply of clean machine protein. And just so everybody knows, it's, it's written on the site, but... Um, these perks are something that we get together um, after the fundraiser is over and after the event. Um, but we, you know, we're going to be doing that pretty quickly. And by October, we should be shipping everything out to everyone. My goal is to have everything out before that. So last year or last time around when this happened, we were moving at the same time. So things went out a little bit slower. But this year, uh, that that is not going to happen this year. Yeah. Um, also, let's talk about uh, you know what people get if they donate. Um, the week that this podcast comes out. So after the the fundraiser launched, we had a few people come to us and say, hey, I want to, I would like to give stuff to people as incentives to donate as well, um, but I can't give, you know, X, I cannot give enough stuff to support the whole fundraiser. So we said, oh, all right, well, what if we offer this just for this one week? Like, do you think that that would be okay? And people are like, yes. Um, so you've probably already seen that Holly from FitQuick offered one-time run of a snickerdoodle FitQuick uh, last week during the fundraiser. Um, but this week we have Elevate protein bars. Um, and we've talked about Elevate on this podcast before. Elevate is a plant-based performance supplement company created and run by two plant-built athletes, Paul and Jillian Salamone. And you know, we have their protein powder. It's absolutely delicious, but they are coming out with protein bars, um, that are not even out yet. We haven't even tried them yet, but you know, I know these people's, I know Jill and Paul's tastes. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be uh, very tasty or they wouldn't release it. Um, but they are donating, uh, three elevate protein bars to every person who donates this week um and what's the date because people are going to listen to this at all different times tell me the dates it's going to start on monday so from may 1st so from may 1st to may 7th yes so anybody who donates between may 1st and may 7th they're going to get three of these elevate protein bars and also luke tan um, he is another plant-built team member. He wrote a book called Awaken Alive, and he's donating this ebook to people who donate this week too. And Luke has an incredibly motivating and inspiring story that he's put to paper. Um, and it is definitely, definitely worth the read. It's about, you know, how plant-based 
going plant-based basically turned his entire life around and and saved his life from some pretty dark places so um, we're also putting in uh, a one ounce bag so like a small size bag of proteins protein chips which if you haven't tried those yet you're seriously missing out because they're like they're like crack they're delicious chips that are almost entirely protein (laughs) and they taste like uh cheesy doritos if you remember what those taste like um yeah so we had definitely have some cool extras this week that we're uh giving out with the with the fundraiser so uh, you know, if you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend that you check it out. Even, you know, if you're not in a position to donate, you know, even if you can just share it with people so mm-hmm. that perhaps other people maybe who haven't even heard of it could check it out, um, that would be cool. But if you are in a position to donate, the $100 level gets you about $250 worth of stuff. And it helps our cause. And it helps farm sanctuaries and vegan outreach groups. So definitely so. check it out. The website, I'll include it in the show notes, obviously. But if you just want to type it in, it's probably easier. It's bit.ly slash plantbuilt2017, all one word. And we figured that during our Q&A segment of this episode that we would, you know, hop on live over here and see, you know, see if you had any questions for us and we'll answer them on the podcast. And I'll obviously get your answer right now before the podcast even comes out. If there's, you know, any questions for us at all about bodybuilding, fitness, nutrition, whatever it is, uh, feel free to comment right now and, um, and we'll pick your questions out and we will answer them. Um, but while you're thinking about that, I actually have a question for you that I got via email, Danny. And so why don't we end, why don't we do that one right now? And if you okay. see any questions, let me know. So yeah, this is we've already recorded the bulk of the podcast, so this is like our question and answer some, uh, segment that we do at the end. Um, so we have one question right now. We usually do three. So if we get two other good questions right now, we'll answer them here, and they'll be on the podcast. So. All right. Um, do you want to answer this one or do you want me to answer? Um, I'll, I mean, it was directed towards you. So I'll ask this question to you and you keep an eye out to see if anyone has questions for us. On the spot. (laughs) On IG. Cool. I'm going to try to shorten this up, this one up a little bit. Greetings, Danny. My name is Katara and I purchased your ebook and have been working to hit my macros for body recomp. I'm familiar with macros and have always struggled with the protein portion being plant-based because so much of our protein is also carb heavy. I've worked with trainers in the past who are not plant-based and they struggled to help me out. Having on plans that caused me to lose weight, but I also lost muscle mass. And then she goes on basically to say that, you know, she wants to try to figure out how to keep her protein up while she's dieting without the use of faux meat or protein shakes, or, or I guess she's asking if it's necessary. So, Katara, you do not eat a lot of faux meat but you started to, to reach your protein goals. It's left you gassy with heartburn and uncomfortable. Uh, while getting very close to your protein macros on the first day, I was way over in carbs. Okay, so basically this is a very like long-winded way of saying that Katara is having a hard time hitting her protein goals as a vegan without going way over on her carbs. And this is what I find to be uh, really common for people when they first start tracking their macros as a vegan. I should talk into the microphone because that's how the podcast works. I would say so. Um, <laughs> so this is really common for people when they first go vegan because uh, as vegans, we're told constantly um, that car- uh, beans are an excellent source of protein and peanut butter is an excellent source of protein. Well, 
they're good sources of protein, but they are not excellent sources of protein because they're so much higher in other macronutrients. So when you're trying to hit um, a certain ratio or amount of proteins versus carbs and fats, you kind of have to rethink these things a little bit. Um, and of course, this is going to vary so much depending on whether you're trying to um, gain weight or lose weight, build muscle or lose fat. Somebody trying to build muscle is going to have a way easier time reaching their protein goals because they're going to have so many more grams of carbohydrates and fats to play with that they don't have to think about this too, too hard. Um, on the opposite end, uh, Katara seems like she's trying to lose weight, which makes it a little bit tougher because your carbs and fats are a bit lower. Um, she says she doesn't eat faux meat, but she started to, to hit her protein goals. So the first thing that I would ask, and I don't think that it is is listed here, is how much protein she's trying to eat. Uh, it's hard to say, but I would say that if before you started uh, going down this path, if you were only eating 40 grams of protein a day, and now you're trying to eat 150 grams, it makes sense that you're going to feel gassy and uncomfortable and bloated and all that fun stuff, because that's a huge jump. Um, even if like a higher number is the end goal, I would definitely start somewhere lower. If you're eating 40 grams an average, on average per day, try starting with 80 and uh, you'll definitely have less discomfort that way. But eventually you're definitely gonna wanna, you know, keep moving in the direction towards your goals, but do it slowly. If you try to do it overnight, it's gonna be, protein is, it is the most expensive macronutrient for the body to digest. So your body does a lot of work to digest it. So if you go ahead and triple that number overnight, you're gonna have a bad case of the vegan farts for sure. <laughs> um, but in order to reach those goals without going over your carbohydrates or fat, let's say you've inched it up and you're finally reaching the top end of where you wanna go, foods that are outstanding for reaching your higher protein goals, seitan is my number one food that I recommend for people. If you are not celiac and you have protein goals and you want to hit them, try eating seitan. Um, I found a lot of people who think seitan bothers their stomach. Once they make it at home, it doesn't. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with all the sodium that's added to the kinds that we get in the store or what, but it's very easy, very inexpensive to make at home. Um, I have my clients making a recipe that has uh, 21 grams of protein, five grams of carbs, half a gram of fat. And I have people eating that all the way through their prep. Um, also, Tofu, if you have particularly low carbs, but you have some fat to play with, tofu is great because it's very low carb, moderate fat, higher protein. Um, so somebody right here on the, the live IG stream is asking, they are celiac, is there an alternative to seitan? Um, if you are celiac, there's not really an alternative to seitan specifically because that is wheat gluten. That That is all seitan is, is wheat gluten. Um, but tofu is fantastic as a protein source. Um, outside of that, mock meats have come a long way in the past 10 years. Like it used to be Boca Burgers only. Do you remember? Yeah. Boca hockey Burgers. Pucks. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Listen, I still respect the Boca Burger. But, no shame in that hockey puck. Um, I like them. <laughs> but uh, if you're looking for other things, um, Eve's Canadian Bacon, fantastic. Beyond Meat is absolutely fantastic and very high in protein, um, low fat, low-ish 
carbohydrates. I've, I eat that all the way through prep as well. Um, and then there's always protein powders. So there used to just be soy protein powder. And now there's so many vegan protein powders. It's crazy. We just happen to have one here. Um, and this is the elevate protein powder in vanilla. This one is made out of pea protein, hemp protein, and sachi protein. Um, and that's really, really a super easy way to just add 20 to 25 grams of protein to a meal without even thinking about it. So there's a lot of ways to do it. And then I also like to think about adding uh, what I call like uh, protein extras. So foods that are not necessarily protein foods like a tofu, like seitan, but they're like other types of food that just happen to be high in protein. This is where we're looking at your beans, your quinoa, your peanut butter, your nutritional yeast. These are extra ways to get protein in um, without necessarily just eating a protein food. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, you'd be surprised just how much uh, protein you can get in just by sprinkling nooch on all your vegetables. And speaking of which, don't, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but don't neglect your dark green leafy vegetables Mm. as far as being a protein. I mean, if you have you know, five to 10 cups worth of dark green veggies. I mean, you're going to up your protein by like 20, 25 grams, maybe even more. So, you know, before you toss and turn, like you can have up to 75 grams of protein just from the protein in the foods that you're eating every day that are not even protein dense. And then you can sprinkle in the protein dense stuff uh, as needed, depending on how many calories you're working with. Um, I saw some familiar faces come in. So before we get to Laura Dale's question, um, let's see, I saw Julianne, Sarah, and Dame. Um, any one of the above, if you have any questions to ask us, let us know. Um, but why don't you ask, uh, Laura Dale's question to okay. me and I have an answer for this. All right. Um, so we have a question from Laura, uh, and she says, sometimes I plan my macros poorly and end up with like 20 grams of fat left for dinner. Is it okay to hit that fat goal with earth balance or oil all in one meal? Yeah. And actually can take this one. And I, I, I want to take this one because, um, this time around, um, in my off season, I've kept my fat a little on the higher side um, when comparing fats and carbs. <laughs> and uh, at first it was, it was, you know, I was having this issue, but I've grown to really enjoy it. Um, and actually it's, it's not a bad thing to be left with a lot of fat at the end of the day, because fat um, slows down digestion. So if you have a nice, nice portion of it, like the 20 grams worth that you're saying that you you accidentally wind up with for dinner. I mean, I know that that might be make, maybe have your fat for the day or, or whatever it is. And so that's why you're saying you're planning your macros poorly. But um, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting a nice uh, a nice dose of fat in at the end of the day because you're probably gonna wake up uh, feeling a little more full than you would had you not had a lot of fat for dinner. Um, and actually with my clients, I intentionally program a little more fat in their dinner and or dessert for that very reason because I don't want them to wake up hungry. You wake up hungry, you you know you're setting yourself up for a hard day, um, so that's why I like fat at the end of the day. As far as what your choice is, yeah, I mean Earth Balance is a super simple way to to up the fat in any given meal, and if you have a lot to get in, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Earth Balance. But I guess it depends on you. I mean, if you're feeling hungry, I would probably advise against having like a hydrogenated oil because it's not really going to fill up your stomach. But if that's all the macros she has. Yeah, you know, put it on your bread, put it on your vegetables, I'll give you put my, it on anything. I'll give you my suggestion, Laura. Um, peanut butter. I know mm. it has a little bit of carbs, and I know that it has a eh amount of protein, but 
I would rather somebody go over a little bit on their protein and still hit their fat because protein, again, it's really expensive for the body to digest. It's unlikely that, um, going over on your protein is actually going to cause you to gain unwanted weight the same way going over on your fats or your, um, carbohydrates would. So if you're sitting there choosing between eating a little bowl of earth balance or a little bowl of peanut butter, I vote peanut butter all the way. Um, also if you, uh, if you're like really wanting to stay close to your macros and not, um, go over on anything at all, I will suggest you can make like a chocolate out of coconut oil. Um, if you melt it down a little bit, mix it with stevia and cocoa powder, and then put it in the fridge, it is chocolate. It's like a sugar-free chocolate that's really high in fat and has like two or three grams of carbs. So that would be another suggestion as well. That kind of sounds like Rosemary's specialty. Yeah. And I she see makes her like right, a... but she just joined us. Hey, Rosemary. <laughs> she up? makes like a magic hard shell out so of good. those things. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another of what will hopefully become a more frequent and regular episode of Muscles by Brussels Radio. Feel free to reach out to us in the meantime on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Vegan Proteins and at Muscles by Brussels. In the meantime, my name is Danny. And I'm Giacomo. And we will talk to you soon.